Hey everyone, welcome to 11 Questions. This is your host, Daman Tiwana, and today we are meeting Heather, who is also known as Habit Maker Mama on Instagram. Let's get to know her with 11 Questions. Hi, Heather. Welcome to 11 Questions. Hi, Taman. Thanks so much for having me today. This is such a treat to talk to you again. I loved when we chatted last time, so this is really fun that we get to talk. Yeah, this is my turn to get to know you. (laughs) Perfect. And my first question is, are you a tea person or a coffee person? I am a coffee person, but it has not always been that way. I did not drink any coffee when I was in grad school. You know, all the way before that, I had none. And then I met my husband and he is a huge coffee person. Every time we would hang out, he'd be like, oh, let's go get coffee. Let's go do something coffee. And I would be like, well, I I don't really drink coffee. So what do I order (laughs) at this place? So it's been kind of a gradual. And then kids came and I was like, coffee. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing he introduced you because you needed it for your later part of life. (laughs) Yes, yes. It was like a slow introduction and now necessary. (laughs) And how do you usually start your day? So this has been a very much evolutionary process because I had different stages in my life where my day has started differently depending on what's going on. Up to about six months ago, I had been really struggling to have a consistent start to my day that felt enjoyable as opposed to chaotic and stressful. You know, my oldest son is three and my youngest son is one. And basically, For about a year, I was just kind of going through the motions of waking up every time my older son would come in the room, and it was a little bit stressful for me. And I figured there's got to be a better way than this. So now I wake up about five, which I know people can (laughs) gawk at because it is an early hour. I work out for a little bit. I journal for a little bit, take a shower and kind of start my day with something just for me. And then I feel prepared to kind of handle the kiddos and everything going on. So it's been a process for sure. (laughs) Sounds amazing, but also impossible for me. (laughs) (laughs) My sister is very much not a morning person. And she says, I don't know how you do that. It's just crazy. But I have a hard time staying up late at night. So we're all, you know, wanting to take parts of different people and put it together. But I think Whatever you find is the best for you is really the best way to do it. But for me, the morning is the most productive. Yeah, that's a great thing. I think you get a lot of this from social media that start waking up at five to be successful. And I have tried that, but I feel like for me, it's set up for failure because then I'm just grumpy and I have no energy. I don't do anything. Totally. And I've tried that for more than a day, like for a week. And little into the second week, it just fades away. It just doesn't last. I know. I think it's such a kind of a sad myth that society tells us, oh, you have to be productive and successful. You have to get up early. And that's just not true. You know, you don't have to do that. No, maybe sure. Getting up five minutes ahead of time so you can kind of ease into things (laughs) is maybe helpful. But no, genetics has shown us that's not the case. You don't have to be a morning person. And it's interesting you mentioned productivity because that's my next question for you. Do you believe in the productivity mindset? I definitely believe in efficiency, but I don't believe that you have to be so much productive at every moment of of every part of the day, because to me, that feels a little overwhelming and a little bit unrealistic, you know, in order to not burn out. I think, sure, you could probably do that for a certain amount of time, but at some point, you're going to be exhausted by trying to be productive every minute of every hour. 
it could also be a little bit of a reframing thing. Rest can be productive and is productive. So if you look at certain things as being productive for you, then sure, you could put it into that sense of, oh, rest is productive. So I'm going to schedule rest or time for reading is productive. So I'm going to put that into my productive part of the day or my productive day. But I think sometimes it can get a bad rap for this feeling of you have to be doing something 24 seven, you know, 365. And if you're not, you're totally doing it wrong. And no, like take a little bit of pressure off, try to be efficient, but it doesn't have to be this, you know, slam it down, grind it totally. You summarized it pretty well. All these books, they have a topic in mind, so they are writing around that. But when, as a reader, we consume them, you're like, oh, I'm totally living my life wrong. I'm not (laughs) productive all the time. Yes. And I think I've learned, and I'm sure you have found this, the more you read, the more points of view you see, and you see just different ways of doing things and different perspectives. And then it's about applying it to your life in the best way. Because you can read something that says, be a 5 a.m. morning person or be an 11 p.m. person. You know, every everything kind of ends up contradicting over time if you read enough and you find enough different perspectives. So it's about reading something, consuming it and seeing how it can apply to you and then putting that into action as opposed to thinking that everybody is giving you the right advice all the time. Yeah, no one book has all the answers. They're being sold like that, especially the nonfiction ones. But You actually have to read probably 10 or 20 of those to finally get five things you can apply to your life. (laughs) Yes, this is so true. I love that. And my next question for you is, would you call yourself a planner? Yes, I would definitely call myself a planner. I'm very much a list person. I like to check off something on a list because it makes me kind of have that internal sense of accomplishment. Like, yes, even if it's really small, even if it's just like, this is kind of gross. Pick up dog poop. Like I like to check that <laughs> off the list. Like little ridiculous things because it just makes me feel a little bit like, okay, I got that done. I did it. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. Check off the list. And I also think that having a plan helps me take a lot of decision making out of things down the road. You know, typically every night I'll kind of write out a plan. I tend to be hour by hour, but it's a little bit loose to where I can fill in certain things or or add something in there. But if I know what I'm supposed to be doing or what's going on, I don't really have to think, oh, what was I supposed to do today? Like, was I supposed to do the laundry or was I supposed to take my son to soccer practice? Like, where was I? What was I doing today? And if I just have it listed out, it just makes it more efficient for me to go, okay, that's what I'm doing next and moving on. Yeah, Are you I can a planner? Relate. Yeah, I can. Okay. Relate. I even go sometimes a little overboard with planning. (laughs) Like I use calendar a lot and I'll be like, okay, this to this hour, I'm doing this. And then I'm like, there's no white space in this calendar. This is not doable. I have to take things off. Yes. There's like just some joy for me about like filling it in, having it, you know, set there. So I know what I'm doing and then checking it off and feeling like, sweet, I did it. (laughs) And now I don't pressure myself to do everything I put on my calendar. I use calendar as a list for me. It's just good to see like the structure, a planned structure. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But still, like I, I, my calendar is never empty. There's always like these are the options I can do if I have free time. That's how kind of. <laughs> and so you're a digital person. You have it yeah, digitally. I I like that. If I'm on a walk, I can still access it on my phone and not have to be like carrying a notebook around. I, yeah, I love notebooks and pens. Like I have a crazy collection. 
but the thing is you don't remember to carry them everywhere so that's why i switched to calendar on phone and laptop yes i know i kind of am still working through my process i am really a pen and paper person but just with ease of access having something digitally is so much more uh, accessible so i kind of do a hybrid where i will put important things into the phone like can't miss appointments or things like that and then more of the everyday tasks i'll write down on pen and paper i want to be better about kind of that digital having it in there and getting that system down but alas it'll get there <laughs> yeah it took me a while too cuz also i was very attached to pen and paper i didn't want to give it up but yeah. then, over time i realized like you know this digital thing is more practical yes <laughs> since you're all about habits what's a habit that took a great deal of effort from you to either make or break okay that is a great question i would say that for me cleaning the kitchen at the end of the day is something that took a great deal of effort to make because i don't really love cleaning in fact i hate it with a passion even when i was younger asked my sister if i could pay her 25 cents to pick up my room for me because i disliked it so much thank you to my sister for helping me stay alive as a human being for many things it took me a lot of time to really get into the habit because i didn't really have any sort of a cue set up for it it was really this me trying to push the willpower of cleaning and saying oh i need to clean the kitchen i need to clean the kitchen okay i'm going to clean the kitchen and not actually setting up a system with which to clean the kitchen every night once my husband left for a training he went away for a 3 month training and it was me and the kids and i had to really become very efficient at all of kind of the household duties and taking care of the kids and a lot of new habits formed for me out of efficiency and the need to be more efficient at things and once he came back he, they stuck because they served us well So every night I typically will kind of sit down at the computer for a little bit, do a little bit of work. When he's gone, I will, you know, spend time doing that. When he's home, we'll sit together and talk and and hang out for a little bit. But without fail now, at 9 o'clock, I will go over to the kitchen, clean up any remaining dishes, tidy it up, get it ready for the next day, and then go and get ready for bed. something i did not do before and really it took a lot of practice and repetition in doing it but it was born because i really did not enjoy in the morning walking down to the kitchen and everything would be a mess and then i would have to try and scramble to both clean it up and get um breakfast made and it just started the day really chaotically so that one took a lot of really setting it up and making it happen and doing it but once it started to evolve it really kept going so that one that one for sure so did you make time a cue for that or was an action there time was the cue for it so at 9 o'clock um every time i see that time pop up it kind of triggers me to go walk over into the kitchen because i was working a lot on making sure that i was in bed by 10:00 p.m. and so 9:30 i would start my routine of you know washing my face and then 9:45 i would sit down and read for 15 minutes lights out by 10 so 9 was kind of the natural okay get the kitchen all organized cuz it takes about 10 or 15 minutes to do that <laughs> i love that i think i'm going to try this because i also struggle with cleaning the kitchen at end of day cuz i'm like I I want to read or I want to do something that's more interesting. Totally. 
exactly then in the morning like this morning too the kitchen was a mess and then I was like okay where is my coffee mug I couldn't find it right I know say totally I get that 100% good thing too that really helped was when I started I just took it small I would just do like even a couple of dishes that were in the sink I wouldn't concern myself with like oh I have to you know wipe down the counters and clean out the stove this and that it just was a couple of dishes to start with and then as I got a little bit more consistent at the couple of dishes I grew to wiping the counters off and then cleaning out the high chair you know kind of like evolved over time but really just getting the practice with the first couple of dishes really helped set it in motion And I also feel like inertia is a really big thing. Like once you start doing, you tend to just finish the things. It's just the start totally. that's so hard to overcome. Totally. I 100% get that. When, like you said, a body in motion stays in motion. If you sit down, you're going to sit there and yeah. not be super interested in doing it. Netflix and all don't help with the sitting at all. Because <laughs> yes. you tend to just stay in the couch for hours if you don't pay yeah. attention. <laughs> I know, I know. That's where I do think the plan can really be helpful if you have the plan of okay, at this time I'm going to do it. I try to just not think about the decision making of it of do I want to sit here and watch Netflix or do I want to clean the kitchen? Because the thought is always going to be I want to sit here and watch <laughs> Netflix. So I just have to make some things a little bit more non-negotiable of okay, it's nine o'clock. That's my time. Now I go. And is there a habit that you are currently building? I am working on my journaling habit, building it up a little bit better because I wanted to test. So I'm starting a subscription box service and the very first box is going to be how to get into the habit of journaling. And so I made a guide, but I wanted to really test it out before I put it out to everybody. I wanted to make sure that if I'm going to give this advice that it would help me stick to journaling as well and build that habit. So I actually have this is was my habit tracker. I just finished about 30 days of it. 3 days missed. 27 out of 30 days wasn't too bad. <laughs> I think we are very much um, aligned because I have yeah. a lot of these 30 day things where I'm like Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And I'll be totally honest, I hadn't been great about actually tracking habits and whether or not I was doing them. It was more I didn't really have an awareness so much of was was I completing this habit. It was more of, oh, okay, I'm pretty sure I do the habit, but I didn't have any physical proof of doing the habit. I actually love tracking. I didn't think I was going to like it. I thought I would feel like, oh, this is too much work. I don't want to do this. but it is so quick and then it gives me this really cool reflection at the end of the, this time frame of wow 30 days i stuck to something you know with a few exceptions and that feels pretty cool i feel proud of myself for that and also i feel like if you're a list person tracking is fun for you yes totally yes yes i know i'd be curious with different personalities is tracking what they enjoy as well like in a list form or is there a different form of tracking that helps them still see what they've accomplished but makes them feel better in a different way that's something I'll need to research and now i want to ask a little personal question who inspires you and this is tough because i feel like there are a lot of people who inspire me one person who i feel has really inspired me over the course of the last few years there's a lady named emily lay and she is a small business owner who actually has a planner business and she is a mother of three kids she really inspires me because she not only built a business with small children but because she is 
so wanting to help people, but also so willing to listen to different perspectives of all different types of people and how they accomplish things, how they live their life and be an encourager for people. So she's somebody that, you know, kind of sticks out on the forefront of my mind. The other person I would say, my sister, my sister really inspires me, even though we are very different people and we have very different ways of doing things. And even just some of our belief systems, she very much inspires me because she is very reflective and very aware of different things that sometimes I gloss over. So those would be kind of the two people that really encourage me. And is there something that you're really proud of in your life? My family, for sure. I always wanted to be a mom and to have a family, but I didn't realize how much work it would be to be a mother and also to be a wife. You know, you kind of go from being able to do everything whenever you want and not whenever you want because you still have jobs and commitments and things, but you know, you, you're not thinking so much about the sacrifice of another person. And once you have kids, the sacrifice of time to raise them. So I am proud of the work to build our family and to have our family. There are, of course, other personal accomplishments like becoming a physician assistant that I am really proud of because that took a lot of time. But I think the one that I will, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm 100 years old, will be having this family that I'm thankful to have. That's really sweet. If you could snap your fingers and change one thing, what would you change? Ooh, that's a great question. I think for me right now, I am really passionate about women making sure that they take some time for themselves. I think that as a society, like we have talked about previously, it can be seen as such a sign of success to be able to do it all, do it all, all the time, constantly be working. That I think can end up being a negative detriment of both thinking that they can't take time for themselves, whether that means taking rest, whether that means spending time reading, whatever it means for you, but doing something that is solely for you, that solely you enjoy, that is outside of work, outside of your family, that you can feel like this was important to me and I took a few moments for myself today. I think this could decrease burnout in people and could lead to happier lives for so many women in particular. I completely agree. And have you read the book Fair Play? I just saw this and I, you've read this one already, I know. Yeah, I want this to on that. Uh, Brown Girls Read and we also talked to the author and it's oh. completely in line with what you just said. So that would be a great one for you to pick, I guess. Okay, perfect. I'm putting that down on my list right now because I did see that you had reviewed that one and I thought, I really want to read this one. And so it's going down and I appreciate that recommendation. It's really written for wives and mothers because they are the ones whose time gets stolen the most in the current setup in our society. (laughs) So I think you'll find a lot that's relatable in there. Ooh, that's really cool. I like that a lot. I can't wait to read it now. I'm going to go to Amazon (laughs) immediately and buy it. (laughs) If you were to be deserted on an island, which three books would you take with you? Ooh, that's a big question because, man, now that I'm really picking back up my habit of reading, I feel like there are so many books that um, I want to just like bundle up and take with me. 
I'm torn between Power of Habit and Atomic Habits as a, you know, like habit building book because both of them offer really solid advice and how to, and I think you're reading Power of Habit right now. I'm actually going to edge and say Atomic Habits beats Power of Habit for me. So I think I'm going to bring Atomic Habits. I am going to bring Mindset by Carol Dweck because I think if I'm still on an island, I'm going to need to have a really good mindset about my ability to get off this island. (laughs) So that might be helpful for me in the long run. I'm trying to think of maybe a little bit less of like a self-help one and more of a fun read. My Sister's Keeper is a really solid, drawing a blank on the author of this book, but she's one of my favorite authors. Jodie Pico, right? Yes, yes. Thank you, um, Jodie Pico. I really love her um, books and I've read quite a few of them. So I would say she's my favorite fiction writer. So I would bring one of her books and that would make me at three. I know this is a really tough question. I just, <laughs> it is. It's my sadist question, I like to think. <laughs> Do you have your three? Because that's what I really want. Don't ask me this. (laughs) (laughs) Don't turn the table. Yeah. (laughs) I'm one of those people who's like, I'll just tell you series names because that way I can break probably like 20 books as opposed to like three. (laughs) You're like, I would give up my water and my food as long as I could have (laughs) my 20 books. I know I go for camping and I I pick like three books with me because that just makes me feel safe. It's I don't know. It sounds ridiculous because I cannot read no. books in like two days, but I need to have my options. Hey, to- well, you know, someday one thing that might inspire you does not inspire you the next day. And you, yeah, you got to have options. Yeah, I'm a mood reader. So I'm like, I cannot just be like, okay, I decided to read this and I can read this. I could totally be a different person tomorrow. So I have to have options. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) For our last question, if you were to pick one interesting life experience to share with us, what would you tell us? I think probably the most fond experience that I have is studying abroad in Italy because it was such a different time in my life where it was, you know, just me, no family and something outside of the United States, totally different, being immersed into another culture almost like three months of a fantasy land where, you know, had responsibilities because I was studying, but the workload was so light. It was just a time of exploration and getting to meet fun people and see how other people live their life outside of the United States. And I would say that would be, you know, one of the most like fun adventures that I've sort of had to this point. And then when my husband and I were I believe it was three years married, we went back and took a trip to Italy um, and stayed there for three weeks. And that was equally as enjoyable because it felt like I was getting to relive that time, but bring him into the world and show him, you know, just how neat it is to see other cultures and see how different people live their life and just be carefree about things. That sounds great. Yes, I want to go now. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for answering my questions. And before we end our talk, I also want to talk a little about Habit Maker Mama. Like, cool. how did you come up with this idea and also the name? It's it's really funny. I've been thinking really about why this developed. You know, how did this start? So it actually just started one day. I sent a text message to my sister and said, I really want to have some better habits and get into some better routines because I feel really kind of chaotic with my kids. And I feel like I don't have any sense of routine in our life. 
would you be willing to help me kind of document this journey and, you know, make something fun of it? And she said, oh, yeah, I've always, you know, wanted to help do some graphics and things like that. So sure, I'd love to help you. We were kind of troubleshooting or brainstorming different ideas and Habit Maker Mama just jumped out to me because I thought, well, I'm making habits and I'm a mama. So this seems like it makes sense. And, you know, I would be potentially trying to encourage other mamas, but women at large to build better habits and find that sense of routine and consistency. Now that I'm really about seven months into it, it really has been about personal growth. I think, like we said, it is easy to not do something for yourself. And especially as a mom, just being really busy, I put so much of my own needs on the back burner. And the habits were my product of doing something that was for me for personal growth. And the end result has been a happier mom, a happier wife, and a happier person for myself. Um, And I think my family feels that. So I just feel like I want to encourage so many women to do that because I think they will feel better by having a bit of consistency and doing something for themselves. And you also mentioned your subscription box earlier. So yeah, I actually saw it on Instagram and I was curious to know more about it. Cool. So tell me. Yeah. Every month we will cover a different habit and in your little box, which I put here just for fun so people could see what it would be. That's cute. Will, um, thanks. A 30-day guide to help you with the habit formation of that particular habit. So I always felt like, you know, you read kind of different self-help books or come across an article and it can be a little confusing. Like, how do I actually apply this and do something that gives me some sense of taking action for the day? So the workbook's just a little five-minute thing that you do each day to help you improve that habit. And then a habit tracker, because like we said, it's fun to be able to look back and see what you've done. And then a few products that relate to the habit. So for the journal, which um, I'm spoiling it, but the first month is going to be journaling and you would, you'll receive a journal, a specific colorful journal in there and a couple of pens. And I think we also have a bookmark that's going in there as well. So just a few things. I didn't want it to be junk. I didn't want it to just be stuff that's in there. I want it to be something that would feel useful. So as soon as you got the box, you could take action on your habit and get started on it. And you would have everything you need to do something for yourself and your personal growth. That sounds awesome to me. And I feel like also not everyone reads all these books that we have read about making habits and tries yes. to find what works best. So I think yes. a service like this could actually be helpful for a lot of people out there. Oh, cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, it takes some time to read these books like you obviously know and to digest it and to figure out how to make that information helpful. So I just wanted to give back people some time and I still want to encourage people to read. So there's still going to be a book club component as well because, you know, reading is still awesome. But for people who don't quite have that time, I wanted to make it more accessible. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you or buy your subscription, so how can they do that? Um, we're on Instagram, Habit Maker Mama. The website is habitmakermama.com. And the subscription will be available for purchase starting August 1st. Best of luck with this, Heather. I really thank like this you. idea. And thank you again for being a guest on my podcast. It was really great talking to you. 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It is always such a treat to chat with you. I feel like you just bring me smiles and joy and um, you make me kind of giddy over reading, which I love that we can nerd out. And I feel inspired and encouraged by you because your habit of reading is like way up here and mine (laughs) is here, but I'm working on getting to your level in time. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I feel like so appreciated for my hobby right now. (laughs) Yes, it's amazing. Listeners, do check out Habit Maker Mama on Instagram for great tips on making and breaking habits. And next week, I'll meet you again with a new guest. Yay! Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Hope you enjoyed getting to know our guest as much as I did. You can also watch a video version of this conversation on 11 Questions YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening. And if you like this episode, please leave a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 11QuestionsPod for more videos and updates. And I'll be back next week with a new guest. Bye!